everybody. My name is Kai Savas. Welcome to a very special conversation uh, that we're doing here at Film Music Media. Um, if you are a fan of soundtracks of archival releases uh, from the specialty labels, and you have seen that uh, The Rock, uh, composed by Nick Lenny Smith, Hans Zimmer, and uh, Harry Gregson Williams, was just released from Entrada, and uh, and we're the guys that kind of helped uh, put it together. So for this special conversation, we're just going to talk about how that happened and. Uh, who we are and what we did with the release. And I think this will be a, a fun way to just look at, you know, getting an album produced, an archival album produced, and hopefully give you a little glimpse into how we approached it. And uh, so I'm joined with uh, my good friends, Estefan Humez and uh, Maxime Marion, uh, coming to you, to you live from, from France. <laughs> okay, guys, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Kaya. Hey, Kaya, hey, all good, all good. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think the first thing, um, you know, we should talk about is how we all know each other because uh, we're kind of a ragtag team of, uh, of of friends here that have uh, you know we've we've known each other for years, kind of online. Uh, Stefan and I uh, have been talking pretty much every day, I think, for the past I don't know twenty years. I don't even know when we started talking. Uh, Two thousand six, uh, actually. <laughs> the so same yeah, year. Started for, for the same for all of us. Two, two, yeah. 2006 seems the, the year. Yeah, was so when Facebook was kind of becoming a thing. Uh, we all were on the HansZimmer.com forum, which uh, if anybody doesn't know, the Hans-Zimmer.com, that kind of was a fan site that you know Stefan was a big part of and, and kind of maintains and, and runs the site, uh, has become pretty much the official site that Hans has kind of dubbed as like, this is, you know, Stefan has kind of built an entire library and archives over there of, of all the details of all the people who've worked, you know, on a lot of Hans's releases, kind of sh showcasing everyone's work. And, uh, and our love for Hans's music is what brought us together. And, you know, fast forward now and we're helping produce uh, The Rock, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But but how did, uh, did uh, Maxime and uh, Max and Stefan, how did you guys, as well, online too? Do you guys know each other in person before? Like, how did you guys meet? I'm, actually, actually, I don't know that story. <laughs> same as you actually same as you yeah. it was online and actually we, we only first met uh in the flesh in 2014 like uh when we first well, uh, when we did the hans shows the first shows when hans trust revealed us. yeah yeah, hans, yeah hans revealed. Revealed we made when... a we made a documentary about it uh yeah. back then and i think that's we, we've talked together stefan for like yeah seven or eight years <laughs> yeah finally met uh in yeah. london yeah <laughs> uh to to do that 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 uh project together uh yeah you guys yeah you filmed that nice memories, right yeah yeah you, that like, that. and i met stefan and hans zimmer on the same day uh i mean for real <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a package deal you know <laughs> Just, yeah. and i think stefan and i've only met what you came to dc i remember one time like when yeah, you were tra 2010. traveling 2010 actually you're traveling with school or something you came to georgetown right to georgetown. and you're like hey i'm yeah. in dc i was like i'll come get you and i took <laughs> you to my house in maryland you know right over the border yeah, and you exactly. like give me your ipod with all your all your collections <laughs> yeah and then we met uh again when you flew out for the rehearsals we we, we went to the 2017 hans zimmer live rehearsals together and and then i felt my my kind of you know version of a documentary which was just filming you know, fly on the wall footage for two weeks. And uh, yeah. then I think we met again when Sarah and I were on our honeymoon in, in Paris and you met us for dinner that one time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But so, yeah, we've all met very recently. I mean, yeah, we kind of only know each other online. So that's how we yeah. all came to be. We're all huge fans of Hans. Is, is, Hans Hans's music has put us kind of on our tracks, kind of in our passions and our what we love and everything. And, and that's what made it uh brought us together and we also have the same mutual love for the rock so you know Definitely. for me yeah for me i was nine you know i'm 36 now i was nine years old when it came out and that was the first r-rated movie i ever saw and that was like the movie that i was like well what is this like i'm my, my little child brain was having a hard time comprehending like oh, this amazing epic music and these shots these michael bay shots and the way it was edited and and i remember having the cassette in my sony walkman and i was playing it non-stop like on a loop you know it was my my thing but when did you guys see the rock was it when it first came out yeah yeah at the same time as you in uh uh 1996 uh when yeah. it came out i i watched it back then and was completely hooked from the the first minute of it and i loved every every bit of the film and and of the score of course because yeah. it was i was already quite um 
I wouldn't say interested in in film music, but I was always aware uh, that sometimes there were some very cool cues in in films, and The Rock really made me want to buy the album. Then a, a few weeks later, I ended up finding this wonderful artifact <laughs> from there it is from the past the and, and straight from 1996. Um, and yeah, it, it really ignited something, uh, a, a real interest and love for film music and. I would say even more uh, uh, a real interest in music because yeah. um, back then for me music was just you know casually watching MTV but not really getting interested in pop music and the rock among others that uh, a few other scores really got me into film music and I, I know it, we are not alone with that because I've read many boards uh, yeah. film music boards on the internet and there are so many people who discovered film music through um, the rock. It was very yeah, Stefan. Did you did you see it in that first year when it came out, or did you discover it? Actually, later? no, no. I saw I saw it a few, a few years later because uh, right. back then I was a, uh, I was like nine, ten when the film came out. I mean, we we are the same right. age, so so it's not exactly the kind of movies we were going to see, you know. Uh, and yeah. uh, so it was mo most on mostly on TV, and uh, but The Rock, I I think I I knew the score before the film actually because I mean the music was used everywhere in oh, yeah. you every know, it was trailers and stuff. I mean, it was kind of popular. Inside so, of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, I didn't know. I didn't know the names. You know, the, who who wrote that? I didn't yeah. really care who the composers were. I mean, I I loved the music, and same when I finally got uh, you know soundtracks for Gladiator and stuff. Uh, after that, you know, I mean, Hans Zimmer was just like a name on a front cover, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't know who he was and I was not very interested in that, but I, I loved the music and it only happened many years later that I was like, okay, so let, let's let find out who that Hans Zimmer is, <laughs> you know? It's the same. I was like, oh, these, these all have the same names and it wasn't just Hans because I remember really looking at like, like John's work after Face Off, that was, you know, same time and and Harry was kind of building his career too. So that was, you know, it was like, oh, these names that are, I've recognized. I'm like, oh, these are all the stuff that I like. And like, who are these people? Like, you know, so, and that's kind of what triggered because, you know, I used to watch the behind the scenes a lot on DVDs and stuff. That was DVDs were just coming out in 97, 98. Like it was till I think I had to wait a while to afford a DVD player. My family, you know, there's like a thousand dollars when they first came out. So it's like, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it was that soundtrack that put me on the filmmaking path and that made me, it didn't put me onto music. It was weird. I didn't want to be a composer, but it was like something about the visuals and the way, and it's funny, I tell all my film professors and everything like, oh, was it, you know, was it Kurosawa? Was it Leone? I was like, no, it was Michael Bay that got me. You know, <laughs> you know, and it's funny, you go back, I listened to the commentary track for the liners from the original Laserdisc and he talks about how he made sure it engaged for younger viewers like he it was it was conscious a conscious thing for him like the chase scene was never supposed to be in there that was an after thing it was like oh this nothing's happening for so long we should put some little action piece you know to kind of keep people interested or keep younger viewers interested in something like that because it is a it's a tense drama of a film but of course it has the most spectacular action scenes as well but um and yeah as max mentioned it so many people have the same thing a lot of people I'm reading online like oh this is the first kind of score that hooked my ears this is you know it's and it was such a unique score because it came kind of halfway through the decade of this kind of 90s action you know anthem scoring that kind of probably started I would say with Terminator 2 maybe and then kind of speed and kind of you know this kind of power you know anthem theme that then evolved into Bruckheimer and Bay and you know Simon West Con Air all these you know these movies that was coming out just Tony Scott, you know, all these amazing filmmakers and talent just came and just created a genre of its own and, and a style that kind of just changed, I think, filmmaking and, and music for sure. <laughs> and Max, because you're you're an animator. I mean, you work and you're an engineer, sound engineer like you would uh, film uh, music set you on, on that path of creative, you know, your creative path as well. Well, uh, film music had a huge um, impact on on what happened to be my career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it started, yeah, there, there were two things. I think there was film music on the side and on the other side was a stop motion animation, yeah. uh, stop motion short films. And uh, back then it was mostly short films because uh, making a, a full feature stop motion film was just completely crazy, but it happened a few years later. But yeah, yeah um, film music had um, 
uh, it, it was a very important to me. And I think the, the way things are built uh, from a drama point of view in film music really had me very interested how you build, um, you build a story. The, the way you compose and the way you direct are linked in a way. And I thought it was, yeah, it, it probably started something in me listening to this soundtrack and, and many more the years that, that followed. Yeah, it was, it's an, it, I always compare it to like, because especially the 90s, those action scores, it's like, I always say you put your hand in the snow and then you take your hand out and it's like, oh, you can tell there was a hand there. You know, you, you know what, what, what the imprint is. So the score kind of is like the skeleton, kind of the emotional structure and the of so when you're listening as a child you're kind of you you that drama that you talked about the dramatic structure the build the scenes are in your head and you're and since uh especially Hans's music it's so kind of you know it's obviously was used in trailers and temp music like it, it's so uh universal it's not really it doesn't it, even though it was composed specifically for certain movies and he composes them for those movies they have a life of their own outside and you can like imprint your your imagination I think onto his music and that's why I think his music inspires you know, not just us, but so many other people. So I think it's like a something about that, the way he approaches it, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think there was a very specific sound in the mid 90s that really, really got me hooked. Um, I remember back then that I loved the trailer music from yeah. the, the Lost World. And actually, yeah. it was music from Backdraft. Mm -hmm. And I loved the music from the trailer from in Independence Day. And like the year after, I discovered that it was actually the music from Crimson Tide. Then every time I loved those big themes, it always ended up being music by Hans Zimmer, which was... Yes, uh, same, for, same for like Pearl Harbor, you know, like with the... It was Thin Red Line in, yeah, in one of the first Pearl Harbor trailers. And that's yeah. how actually I think I discovered Thin Red Line in the first place. Uh, like. Okay, this music is good. Oh, it's in red line. So yeah, yeah. trailers had a bigger impact than now. I mean, yeah, I now think, uh, trailers go through their yeah, they go through their little uh, you know, we had the Brahm phase. We yeah. had Witch Hans helped to, to do the Brahm phase and now we're in this weird song phase where it's yeah, a pop song, song, and song and yeah, slow version, trailer version of a pop song and you know. Yeah. <laughs> So it's 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 interesting because yeah it was back then it was just like you had Don Don LaFontaine doing in a world you know and then you have which is another trailer to mention for me was Braveheart Braveheart used speed uh, Mark Mancina's speed and uh, oh, really yeah I you, this one. go back and watch the, that original Braveheart trailer <laughs> okay. it's crazy it's like it's a the entering the airport track and I'm like it works perfectly here but it's like this is a you know Jan de Bont action film in L.A. but it works for Scottish you know you know epic here but. <laughs> So yeah, it, 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 a shout out to soundtrack.net. That was like, I think the website that would I like list like what, uh, you know, trailer music was in each uh, or what score was in each thing. So you'd go, because back then, you know, we didn't have what we have today where you can just find every answer online. And it was like a, a struggle to find these answers. Like, what is this, you know? So, <laughs> but, um, but let's move to, uh, so we talked about The Rock. We talked about why we love it. Uh, let's talk about how this project came up because, you know, I've, I've been working in, we've all been kind of friends of Hans and and, and Steve and and Nick and, and Harry. And, and we've kind of, I've built up relationships just for doing what I do here with Film Music Media. And Stefan has built, you know, close relationships doing with Hans, you know, HansZimmer.com and being close with Hans and everybody. And uh, so, Stefan, how did this happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you're like, how how did I end up there? Yeah, like, <laughs> people don't know me. Who 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 am I? Who yeah. am I to be legitimate <laughs> enough to produce an album? Um, I mean, where did it start? I mean, the start the the start is really like it's Hans' trust, because um, I mean, he, he never wanted. I mean, there have been expanded scores of his uh, in the past. I mean, La La Land did, uh, Days of Thunder, Broken Arrow. And uh, I mean, the labels don't want uh, to do stuff behind composers' backs, you know. Yeah. So they they want to have the composers on board. But someone like uh, someone like Hans can be like sometimes difficult to, you know, decipher in in, in his behavior because they they don't know like if if he's okay, if he's not yeah. okay with it. Like uh, it's always like you you keep asking, you keep asking, and and. So they like needed someone who can decipher Hans. So I've known him for a very long time. Yeah, uh, he's. Uh, I think he he has trusted me. Like I mean, as Maxim said, we did a documentary about him, and we didn't meet him before that. He didn't right. like 
really know us. I, I've known him on social media and stuff since like 15 years. And uh, and just one day he's like, okay, just bring a camera and just film whatever you want uh, yeah. on our shows. And uh, and so the, the, the trust started that way. But doing, I mean, releasing his music was always something I, I wanted to do, you know, or push him, you know, to do. And for many years, I've, I've tried to talk to him about, yeah, you should do that. This call should be expanded. The, the soundtrack was not good enough. We, we can do better. Yeah. And, um, and so the, um, we, we got the opportunity to, through Dan Goldwasser, to, to work on stuff like for Quartet Records, for Drop Zone. And we got Hans to say yes about that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and last year we um, we worked on the ring and uh, the weatherman with uh, La La Land Records. Yeah. And the thing is, Intrada Records nowadays is the is the label that can work on Disney owned stuff. You know. Yeah, they so, have a relationship with Disney, and yeah. they, they they built a trust with Disney that you know that that Disney trusts them for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, but they Hollywood pictures and Touchstone pictures and many more are Disney. Yeah, when actually. I, when I yes. missed, uh, all that, all that stuff, yeah. and um, we didn't know actually. I mean, I was not in touch with Intrada, so I didn't know if if they had any interest in releasing anything from Hans. So you know, in my mind, it was like, okay, probably it's not like right up their alley. So maybe but but actually they contacted me you know because uh because of what the of the work we did on with lalalan records yeah mv mv from lalalan told them okay you want to do something from hans go, go, go see stefan you know yes <laughs> so so yeah so, so they contacted me and they were like oh we we want to do we want to do some work for some scores from hans but uh we, we've been trying for years but it's hard to get an answer or to get things moving so how how did you manage so could you please like help us and um and then they they mentioned doing the rock and uh and just like i'm like okay just let me talk to hans let me talk to nick lenny smith because uh, we know hans but we've known nick for many years yeah nick uh, is great maxim you too so so i was like okay just 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 give me a couple of days i'm gonna just ask them if they're okay with the ID and like right away both were like okay okay sure do it <laughs> sure yeah this so, movie that we have no memory of yeah go for it <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen, yeah, I mean, may, may I add that in a way I, I mean uh, among all those years you've always been um trusty uh or very uh, th- there was a lot of loyalty from you uh to to the work of all the people that. I mean, there's hands, but also people at uh, yeah. remote control, and and you've been always re- re- honestly uh, the, the interested in all those people's work and and and, and a, a true love for 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 their work and 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 f- the film music they produce, and you've you've not been there uh, for money or for fame. You've always tried to find a way to to make the best work possible. To always that everything be about the quality and being honest and true to the original works, and I think yeah. it pays off in a way because uh, you're you're a trusty collaborator when it comes to how how to produce an album and everything. There's always a um, a will to make the best work possible, and I think yeah. uh, and I, I think maybe if Hans trusts you, it's also because of that. I might be wrong, but I think uh, you've yeah, always been so. very loyal to 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 his work and and I think that maybe that's celebrating playing. yeah celebrating everybody who worked I mean Hanszimmer.com is like an encyclopedia of everybody who's <clears throat> worked so you know most people don't get you know any recognition uh, you know part of the music team and stuff like that and especially when I was writing reviews back in the day I stopped writing reviews for for various reasons but um I would always you know call out the additional music and then you know I just taught I just interviewed Steph Steph Economo and she's like you've always mentioned you know on Harry's stories like oh Steph worked on this and and thank you for that. And I've heard that, you know, I've seen when I moved to LA, all these composers were just either assistants or interns or just getting started. And now they're, they have their own careers. And it's, it's to see after the past decade. And, and you want to showcase talent that usually doesn't get called out, you know, it gets overshadowed in the over the structure of the business or just, you know, especially within our film music community, which is a very nice, small, fun place with, you know, people who really just are so passionate about all of this you know the general public is not watching this interview right now if you're watching this interview you 
are probably you know a film music aficionado and you enjoy the rock or you enjoy film music media or anything like that so it's uh yeah it's i think it's important to that's how we all i think all operate we just want to showcase other people's work and present it in the way it's supposed to be presented which is what i think this album allowed us to do for the rock for because this is our favorite score our favorite you know movie one of our favorites and uh, the the original album is is fantastic i love it but it you know it's kind of just little you know pieces here that kind of give you kind of a feel of the movie and uh and uh the, the what we have here so let's talk about the presentation of the album Stefan how did you what did you want this I mean we have kind of the film presentation of it uh, the you know complete version of what you hear in kind of the movie in chronological order why do you yeah. think that was the best presentation and how did you kind of put these tracks together and make sure everything was as it should be yeah actually I think uh I mean I prefer a chronological presentation because it tells the story of the movie yeah. so I mean there, there are two schools I mean some people are like you need to really you know, have a listening experience. Some, some, some are more like you need to uh, have the chronological thing. But uh, I think it also depends on the score, on the structure on, of the score in the movie. You know, so yeah. some, you know, some scores are like you know you have the same cue or the same music happening all the time. So it it would be better, like like we did with the Weatherman, for instance. You know, to have the score more like feeling like an album more than yeah. the score as in the movie because it was I mean, written for... that way it was very written differently yeah. it was yeah written more like a jam session like a yeah, band it's... doing an album it... yeah yeah exactly but, but the rock is very much written to to picture so it may it made more sense to have it uh like it's happening in the movie even if it's a little bit different because in the movie you have a lot of lots of cuts and some editing but uh so it's very much the score as written for the movie right. but uh plus uh, plus some very cool uh additional extras and alternates and stuff yeah so yeah the when we got the when we got clearance to do it the the, the thing which was important was to get the material basically <laughs> yeah so, uh, how, how would you part. do that <laughs> so you basically you have you can have the studio i mean uh, the ideal thing is to have like what the studio has but for big big studios like disney you know it's very it can take a lot of time it can be very complicated to pull stuff out of uh, from 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 their vaults you know yeah so the idea to get stuff was to contact uh the music editing team because editors usually uh first have a good idea of the structure of the score because they edited it and yeah. uh and usually they keep a lot of stuff so it was my, my, my first thing was to contact Bob Badamy and John Finkley you know who worked on uh, editing the score and they were very helpful with that and uh and and, and John sent uh, sent a lot of stuff and to contact Hans and uh, his studio basically you know to see what they had uh in their vaults you know yeah. and uh, and I can thank uh, many people there do, who helped us. Uh, I mean, Jacob, uh, Jessica, and all the all the people at Remote Control, and so who, who took time to get the tapes, all those old tapes. They <laughs> they yeah. probably spent hours di digitizing yeah, the whole thing, you know, <laughs> finding them digitizing, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, digitizing, sorting. I think because they they had the all the the files with the the name of the the tape and everything written down so they had to to manually um uh, you know type every name of every cue from each tape i think that was a <laughs> yeah. very crazy job honestly yeah and, i mean thank well, you to yeah, the rcp for, team for and thanks for steve koski to putting us in touch with everybody there and working with this because without the rcp team this would not have happened like you know they yeah you know. On, on not as good yeah. <laughs> it would have happened but not as good I think. not as good <laughs> most of the additional material i mean not what is uh, featured in the main program all the bonus tracks yeah uh, the extras uh, the extras uh, came from remote control because yeah. the, the 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 john finkley sent us I'd say mostly the, the 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 score as it's featured in the movie, uh, but um, there were no alternate ver versions or anything. Uh, but I think most of the bonus bonus material, the extras, came from uh, yeah. what what we found in the middle of those 
tape, the digitized tape yeah. uh, content. All those amazing alternates of the chase, which are yeah. fantastic. I mean, to I discover those, that, yeah. yeah, that was that was like a real treasure, like to hear those. And as, as, as we all know now that that was one of the most uh, difficult tracks for to to get done, to get approved. It was the last piece of music to get approved, and you know, and I remember when I was talking to Nick for the liner notes, and he's like, "Oh yes, I remember we had a a session on on Memorial Day," and I was like, "Memorial Day? That's." the end of May. He's like, yeah. And I was like, the movie came out June 6th or 7th. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what in 96? And then you, when I talked to Harry, you discover like, oh yeah, nonlinear editing became such a big thing at that point. And for them, it was difficult because you'd have these cuts. Like today, composers are used to it, like having a cut change overnight or, you know, within a few hours, you get a new cut, you have to conform, you know, to whatever the new picture edit is. But at the time that was such a, you know, the technology was, was building and that wasn't a thing. So you'd go to bed, wake up and there'd be a new cut for you to work on. And Harry's like, what, how did this happen? You know, like, <laughs> so it's a, it was a changing, a changing time uh, for, for that. And, uh, and uh, so for, for the, so we have the presentation now that, I mean, yeah, as Stefan said, it was written for the film. Um, but so Max, talk, talk about, your process now. So after Stefan kind of assembled everything, or you sent you everything, what did you do when you got those tracks? What all the material from RCP and all the, the you know the material to work with? And what is your mastering process? How do you go through that? Well, uh, when it comes to the mastering, you know, I, I see it as um, when you get an old uh, black and white photo and you know you send it to a um, uh, a photo engineer, you know, and what 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 does he do? He, he uh, he removes the the dust and scratches and he adds uh, um, brightness and contrast and and you know to really update the picture and it was pretty much that job uh, that I wanted to do with with the score. Uh, first, I I wanted to try some kind of an audio profile for the album. Um, modern technology allows to to you know to play around with the sound a little bit, but I, at the same time, I wanted to stay true to yeah. the original intention of the composers, of course, but also of uh, the music uh, mixer, uh, Alan Meyerson, yeah. who, who, you know, so I'm trying to to update the sound and and maybe uh, recordings from back then at less bass in the, record, in the recording. Um, nowadays you, you it's really bass heavy mixes that you get so yeah. i try to find the right balance um, um that, that's something that audio profile you apply uh, it to the to the files when the the album is is ready um but uh it's a process that is uh, that lasts for all the all the the, the, the process the, the editing and process but um getting each file i i worked pretty much chronological um, and for example, I, I denoised tracks and I remember that the opening titles had a lot of hiss, but only on the left channel. Hmm. So <laughs> yeah. I tried to remove hiss and, and I tried to remove clicks and crackle. I think the track called Aftermath that comes yeah. Uh, yeah. just yeah. after the seals get uh, all killed. Not and sure, that yeah. uh, Ed Harris closes the eyes of the dead soldier. Um, there's that beautiful track. I think it's Harry Gregson Williams. Yes, yes, yeah. it's one and of we we got on on both recordings, both th sources. We got we we had some crackle in the middle of the track, and I tried to to fix it. And I think the most difficult task I had uh, on this project was with the the chase demo, the the second demo. Yeah. Uh, because we had, I think, you know, the tapes uh, from remote control, they were 27 years old yeah. uh, when they digitized them. So probably that the tapes um, suffered a little bit. Yeah, some uh, deterioration. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, we had near the, I don't know, near the end of the track, near the sixth minute or so, we had like very big uh, sound issue, uh, like you know, re really horrible <laughs> and and louder at some times. And, and, and we sent the original mix I did, but without removing that sound to Intrada. And they said, well, you know, that's old material. So maybe we'll add a disclaimer for 
for the, the, the listeners so that they know yeah. that we didn't get the, the best, most modern recording, you know, it's from the past and that and kind of things. Yeah, the, the things happen. And Stefan asked me, do you think you can do something about that one? And then I spent, <laughs> I think, one day or two uh, just uh sound editing bit after bit of, of yeah. that track so that to remove so now it's not perfect but um i will not send you the original one but let me tell you <laughs> that it was really horrible <laughs> and yeah that, that was very weird uh in the beginning because i was yeah afraid that um, the listeners would would think it's it's we, we did a bad job and and right and yeah. really wanted to fix that 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 cue and uh, because most of the recording we got were uh, stereo mixdowns, so we didn't have multi-track with the strings, the brass, and you know everything separate. All the stems, yeah, yeah, the the bass and and synthesizers and everything. So uh, if you have uh, a, a sound problem, you have to fix it on on the old track. You yeah. cannot just identify where it does come from and just slightly slightly adjust it. You have to do it on the final product, which is pretty difficult but um i i also loved in the middle of those stereo mix downs we found something really cool that was the um uh, the 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 recording of the electric guitar by yeah. played by bob daspit for 1m2 which is a naval weapons depot and and that's uh, an incredible track. And we, we got the solo recording of the guitar, the original one that yeah. was uh, used. It's it's pretty, you know, very, very subtle in the mix, in the film mix and album mix. Uh, but there are many segments of the guitar that are just absolutely awesome. And I remember because we had solo recording, a little bit of a demo in the background, but the sound was, well, the guitar was great, but we had some, um a bit of the demo in the background so it didn't it didn't sound as it you know it was not mixed yeah. so I, right. I i put it on top of the of the the original of the, the final mix yes yeah. exactly yeah. and i adjusted it to and i remember sending it to stefan like what do you think about it and stefan was like, bonus track bonus track <laughs> 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 great great uh, great surprise and you know when it's pretty much the first score I really loved. So having that kind of material, I yeah. felt really privileged. And at the same time, it, it's a little bit, you know, it, it all comes full circle. So it was, yeah, wonderful, wonderful experience. And, and, uh, and yeah, then we had to cut the album together and we decided to stay quite true to, to the or original album uh, mm -hmm. edits. Yeah. And, and because um, for me, the way we discovered, we, we all discovered the music on that CD back then. Or yeah. Maybe you'll discover it, you discover it on, on, on streaming. But the way it was built, the way it was put together uh, has some kind of a meaning. And it, uh, it, it's important, I think, for, for, for the people who knew the soundtrack from back then. And we tried when it was possible, when it, it was chronological. We tried to keep the same kind of edits. And I think that very big track at the end, the final attack track, the 16 oh, minutes yeah. long track. My, my we tried to, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites as well. The end is just wonderful. We tried to keep the same edits because for me, it was part of the way the music was built because maybe it was for some recording reasons. They recorded, you know, four part minutes. Part one, part two, two part minutes. three, part four, yeah. Exactly. But in the end, it, it's, it tells a story when you put it together. And I thought it was much more interesting to have that 16 minutes uh, climax, you know, yeah. very powerful one, instead of cutting it and having, having silence and, and, and just um, killing the momentum of the music. Yes, yeah, I, I agree with yeah, I agree with that completely. Because like that, I always like I, I love albums, I love CD albums. But like when you when you fall in love with the music in the film, you're watching the story unfold. And and I think to have that uh, just the entire album, but that 16 minute track having that kind of final act that the whole climax as, I mean that's that's like a the oh that's a that's a track and that's a track for sure. Like it just like you feel the weight of everything and the the power of the edit, the power of everything. I mean, and just the way it resolves and 
it's uh, yeah, I mean, that, it's storytelling. This is musical storytelling. So I know some people were like, oh, you know, to have each track separate, but like, no, this is how it was designed. This is how it was meant to be, you know, experienced. So, and I think that's amazing that we were able to do that. And I mean, you guys did an amazing job. I mean, Max, you made that soundtrack sound perfect. So like you made everything yep. perfect. I mean, it's just like, it's beautiful. I'm listening to it in my car, you know, through my car play, you know, lossless and everything. And, and it's just like, uh, and then I have my CD or my, my my spatial audio here but it's just yeah, yeah we, we listened to it actually like a million times you know to make sure there was not any problem left or even just yeah. a as max said a crack you know sometimes just even small things and we were like we listened to it like yeah maybe 200 times and, I know you, you sent yeah. it to me and you're like any notes I was like I don't know I just been listening it's great I've just been listening to it like for the past month I was like oh I'm supposed to take notes yeah because I hear anything <laughs> but for example just one example you know those drums those um 90 mid 90s media ventures drums yeah that's that so so many people are you know are, for them it's Hans drums when actually uh, it's Nick Lennismith who created them and you know these are uh, drum samples from the 90s so sometimes yeah. the drum itself has a little bit of hiss uh, when it's played so you have hiss for like you know you have the drum like and then you have for the, yeah. the same amount of time and during this the, the the length of the of the of the sample you have a little bit of hiss and yeah. on on quieter tracks you can actually notice that sometimes you have hiss for two seconds and then it goes away so I tried also on, on the quieter tracks, I think on uh, Hummel's speech. I don't remember yeah. if it's 2M6 or something like that. Yeah. 2M6A, maybe. Um, it's it's 2M5, actually. 2M5. <laughs> Sorry. That's why we need Stefan here. It's like Stefan has, this, <laughs> everything is burned in that brain there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I had to, to remove a little bit of that hiss uh, because if you listen very loud, uh, you, you might notice that, that you have, variations and and Stefan mentioned the fact that we listened to it many times but Stefan also did something before we actually restarted Stefan had an edit of the film he made himself but yeah. with the sound effects removed and he put the score on on the pictures and yeah, I think an it really helpful, score, yeah yeah he made the isolated score for the rock and we sent it to me we watched it very carefully you know to understand how things are structured so it was a very interesting process at, at the same time it's you know one of your favorite scores on top of your one of your favorite movies but just just the music with the pictures and it was really interesting because we also understood from the the way it was written the use of themes and everything it, it's really interesting because you actually understand yeah. and you see how um interwoven the score is with the pictures because sometimes you know when you're listening to the score and then you have those choir like hi you know yeah. the, well, we the, the 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 choir from from the scores from hans from that era the vowel the vowel uh the vowel chorus vowel chorus yeah <laughs> it's just uh a-e-i-o-u it's just a male chorus going you know <laughs> and you know this sound when it's used when you're li casually listening to it, 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 it's there and it's part of the DNA of the score. But when you yeah. watch the pictures with it, you'll notice that every time you see those green pearls, yeah. you know, of VX gas, it's actually their theme. Yeah, their, their motif. Their, yeah, their, 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 yeah, their, their motif. Yeah. yeah, their motif. And, and then when you watch the film, every time you have them on screen, you have the choir and you just yeah. notice how very, very subtly added on top of of the, the drums and everything and it's it's absolutely crazy the way they build it and i know many people would say well they didn't have much time it's a pretty rushed score and actually it's very it's well very so well structured well thought out and I, nick yeah. and, even, and even nick said to me he's like no it's a very well thought out score like we and it, it you know you listen to it, it's like oh it's just a bombastic action score but it's like the themes are so and i think when all of us were just kind of dissecting it because we, I was like, I was realizing things because there, there was no like, like whose theme is what, like what's this going to? And we were just, we were kind of labeling like who's who, right? Like we were going through and I was like, yeah. Max, what do you think this is for? And you're like, well, this is that blah, blah. And then we're just like kind of going back and forth and saying, because you, and it's just, uh, just perfectly edited the kind of tapestry, just a kind of a storytelling of just like, 
And uh, when you listen to the tracks, it's you can feel the edit of the picture because they're so tied to to the edit of the movie. You know, it's I guess the the term would be Mickey Mousing. It's almost like a cartoon, you know, where it's like very closely to the motion of the camera, the motion of the the cuts and everything. I mean, I was rewatching kind of the the Mexican standoff at the end, kind of the the and like the 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 hits of the edits, like when the the percussion comes before Hummel yeah. gets killed. You know, it's like everything is so perfect and yeah we we've noticed all those themes we noticed little touches like you know i think when uh you know mason's going underneath the the fire to go back in we're hearing certain things that we never really noticed before and like all these things it was like it was fast it was like rediscovering that's why i loved working with you guys on this it was like rediscovering our favorite score like all over again <laughs> i i think mason's theme you know the very gentle scottish theme yeah is actually used many times and in very um, different variations like the the mason montage at the, near the beginning of the of the album of cd1 you you can actually notice and i think stefan noticed it uh, first he told us yeah. well actually that's mason's theme there and i was like are you kidding me i never Notice it and just Disney. Oh yeah, that's the melody. You're right. You know, really dark and and brooding. Yeah. And, yeah. and wow, that that that's also and it's already there. And it's it the first the moment where we are introduced to his yeah where he's uh, walking out music yeah. material and and it's really really well built and even secondary elements have their own themes. You know, like the 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 rockets or at least yeah. the the danger of the the gas you know da, na, na, da, na, na, na. you have yeah. that kind of theme quite secondary when because there are a lot of themes but actually it has a meaning in the in this uh global experience and and yeah. it's it's incredibly i think i don't remember i think hans once mentioned there were 20 or so themes in the rock yeah, probably. am I wrong or I I I think we can I mean, tell them, yeah. and we it's not far from from twenty definitely. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I mean I don't think I have a final. We don't have a final count, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like it's just like it was a lot of diff. I mean, the, and it just calls back to that time of like that's why I think it's such a perfect '90s action score. It's not just like one big main theme. It's not just one big power anthem. It's just like, and it's also all three of their styles kind of merge together. That's why it's yeah. like. It's Nick. Exactly. It's very much Nick's score. It's very much Nick's sound. But then you have Hans's kind of kind of uh, melodic structure a little bit. Then you have the way Harry adds kind of texture and the way he builds action and that you still hear in his music today. You know, even though that was so early in his career, it's like you already you're hearing their voices and the, their their musical voices kind of like, and it just merged together to be this like perfect you know like sound sound marriage of sound. I mean, it's a, it's that's why today I think it hopefully it still holds up. I hope people listen to it. And, you know, it's not just like, oh, it's not just some popcorn flick. Cause it, I mean, it is, it's a fun action movie, you know, it's, but it's has this emotional depth to it. It has, you know, yeah. this weight that I miss from action movies, you know, movies today are so light and bright and yeah, that's fun to have a nice, you know, fun action movie, you know, but like something like Con Air, which is very kind of, you know, even in the nineties, Con Air or something like that, the head doesn't, you know, it's not trying to go for like deep, but like there's some dark stuff here. Hummel for me, is one of the most interesting kind of action movie villains because he's yeah, not really he's a bad guy he's trying to do something good just in the wrong way and he pays yeah, the price Hummel. for that you it's, know it's Hummel's tragedy basically yeah it's and then and it, that's why we start with him he's the first character we meet and we follow his entire act like you know Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage are kind of just the vessels and, and they never meet like they they have what one scene each together I think Mason has one scene with him and and goodspeed has one scene at the end like and even ed harris talks about it on the on the track and the commentary track he's like yeah we never met and ed wrote those all the dialogue for his stuff with the the consultant the marine consultant for for the movie so that's why it's so different than everything else feels very kind of hollywood and kind of actiony but his stuff is real and like he's serious and it's and that's what i think gives the the movie its weight and it's and the why the score carries that through that's why i think the score is so unique because it has that the tragedy, as Stefan said, is kind of the arc of the tragedy, which doesn't happen today that much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and I think the main theme is as this strength of you know uh, I think you mentioned it in the in the liner notes that actually you can flip it from the the minor chords you hear yeah. in the beginning that we, that is a lot about tragedy and drama and when you flip it to major chords 
you have this very uh, grand and, and heroic. beautiful heroic yeah. theme. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's exactly the same melody, but depending on the, on the scene, it, it, it can just, you know, change emotion. And, and it, it's always very strong when they arrive in the tunnels and you have the theme yeah. that kicks in. It, it's just every time I'm listening to that part, it just gave me chills. And, yeah, just, and at the yeah. same time, near the end, when, when, when they bomb uh, Alcatraz and mm -hmm. and with with the the, the the fighting jets and that that version of of the track is just I don't know I, I understand why so many people who are not necessarily into film music actually enjoy this soundtrack yeah. or at least back then but I'm always surprised that people are that interested because when you ask them what do you know about film music they will mention uh, star wars maybe the lord of the rings indiana jones and in the middle of that you have the rock yeah <laughs> big, big, it, it, it happens uh, it happened to me so often that people that have no connection to film music really no interest in film music that knew only the the big names of film music they always had the rock uh, yeah. uh, in a corner at home because it, it it became kind of a oh, wait just classics a cult classic. We lost Stefan. Oh, yeah. Stefan, what happened? Your trial has finally run out. They finally are like <laughs> pay up. There you sorry, go. sorry. Oh, you're back. back. I'm back. Wonderful. Back. <laughs> All right, everybody, calm down. We got him. It's good. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it is. It's it's it, and and I think it also helps cement uh, Hans's sound too. I think Hans was already on a roll at that point, but like after that came kind of Gladiator and Pirates, which kind of had pieces of this a little bit kind of and then it developed into his kind of what people fell in love with him for I think 2000 onwards I mean Hans was already you know won an Oscar at that point so but I think in the terms of Lion King kind of put him in the kind of general public eye like okay this music you know everything that him and did with Lebo and and you know that and Nick and Nick worked on that too so I mean Nick has been part of Hans team for for you know their friends from back in in London so it's like Hans was in the back room of, of Nick and, and Richard Harvey's studio trying to put, you know, put his stuff together. So they, they had, their relationship has, you know, cemented through and Harry kind of got brought in as well through all that friendship and through Richard and Nick. And you can feel the camaraderie too. It's like, I don't think it would have worked with just like a studio saying, you know, hey, had this composer come help, you know, this thing. The fact that they all yeah. knew each other and they're all on the same page and they kind of all come from the same world that's why the sounds are so perfect and the the, the samples and the everything like the edit i mean it's just i don't know it's like a perfect storm that you can't like you can't yeah, ever yeah, they, replicate they, they, <laughs> they, they all have the same background they all come from from the uk and yeah. they all worked with stanley myers and stuff so i mean yeah if you, if you want to have a team of three people working together you better have those three yeah. and I, I i will not like forget also the the additional composers who worked on oh, it like yeah, yeah. The, the late Stephen Michael Stern who, who passed away yeah uh, a few years ago who worked on it and he, he, even he had a voice I mean the very you know uh uh very slow cues you know with some electronics and uh like the the uh, on the album the track uh, interrogation quarter which is very much Stephen Stern yeah and, uh, and you had Don Harper who worked on it and uh as well who come yeah, to worked on the chase and uh you know but Harry had you know that was that thing turned into a beast of its own so the DNA there with yeah. Don and Nick and and then Harry kind of coming in and, and yeah finishing even it Ra off yeah even Russ Lando who who came he, he was not part of, of of media ventures and stuff but at that time he had the same agent as uh, as Holmes and it was all hands on deck they were like trying to find anyone who could help meet the deadline so you know like he, I think he told me he worked on like for, for for two weeks on the score and uh actually one of his cues ended up in the in the final uh in the final score so but uh, what a cue yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's very cool uh, the cue, San Francisco you know, the... montage is one of my favorites from this new album yeah, yeah because it was not featured on the previous one Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's what exactly. the beauty of this album is. So we get to see all those little details and what, you know, Stephen's work was like kind of building those atmospheric kind of textures and, yeah. and you feel all the, like the connecting tissue of the score. And I think that's what miss sometimes gets, you know, it's missing from the original album presentations of most soundtracks because, you know, I, especially Hans left the release suites and stuff like that, which are great. I love them. They're perfect listening experiences, but this to, 
again, you guys mentioned creating isolated score tracks, like which I love doing as well. Like I did that one with Lone Ranger with Jeff's help. And, and I know Stefan has already, you know, his, his, the history of just, you know, he, he puts, you put so much stuff on YouTube too. You, you find it because you really get to see like how it works, like with the, the picture. I mean, that's what it's meant for. And I think that's why we all fell in love with it. And none of us can write music ourselves or anything, but it's like, you know. <laughs> We can't score a movie, but like we can talk about it and and finesse about all the details and and uh, and yeah and and here we are now we have this beautiful two disc presentation out in the world so I I'm, it's just you know and we got to discover new things too I mean Max I thought it was funny you didn't know there was any stop motion in the movie you know <laughs> I like... no I didn't know that you know I'm doing stop motion I did I didn't it's not that I didn't know I didn't notice it for all these yeah, years you, you had years. to tell me like yeah. three or four months ago there's stop motion in the rock now are you kidding me so are you <laughs> kidding stop motion <laughs> in the rock <laughs> the whole underwater sequence yeah the, the navy yeah. seals I think and then, yeah you look back at it, I think they spent like a million dollars or something doing it that's almost crashed the film because Michael Bay wanted to use stop motion for the underwater sequence <laughs> but but it's I mean it's seamless and that's yeah. that's something that's absolutely wonderful because when you think about today's cgi sometimes you you we we accept them but yeah, you know they are knows. they are You're fake like, they yeah. are wrong yeah. in a way and and that part i never noticed it was actually miniature uh, uh dolls you know actually yeah. moving in a fake water environment and yeah. everything is about the, the 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 movement and the light and it, it it's just crazy and that sequence for me is it's I don't know. Yeah. It's such a surprise to discover that uh, more than then, 25 years later. I know. I mean, I guess I remember when I first, I think I first discovered it because they have that bonus feature on the Criterion of, of The Rock. And I was watching the behind the scenes. I'm like, what? Like, you know, you go back and you have to rewatch it. You're like, oh my God, like now you know, and you kind of can see the motion maybe a little stiff or something, but it's so flawless. Like it's done in only a few shots, you know? So it's not like you have enough time for your brain to like, start picking up on like oh is this a miniature something looks off but it nothing looked off and then it also as this film in you know, 96 cgi was kind you know jurassic park had already come out but cgi was still very kind of coming up unless they had ilm doing something but like the, the jet sequence like even then like all the cgi that was used i think the only thing that i ever like popped out of my head like or kind of caught my eye even as a young person was the flames underneath the the <laughs> underneath the trolley where you can yeah, tell yeah. They, they were hiding the hydraulics with some the CGI same. flames and I was like that looks animated <laughs> yeah. but I otherwise think yeah. I, I think it's more like you know they they take um it's not animated it's like uh, they 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 recorded flames and so? they added yeah. like a, a layer yeah, of green flames screen on, yeah yeah, no, there's, yeah there's, there's, one, weird. there's one there's one like the off. way the, yeah. the flame licks or something that looked almost not natural I don't know but it was like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it could have been a plate it could have been a background plate with a and just you know composited in or something like that but but even the jets at the end the jets were CGI and it's like you can barely tell like it's the, the way it and I think Michael Bay has always been great with that I know trans the first Transformers like that CGI is in the world it's never like everything is i mean i think towards later those movies became full kind of almost animated films but that first movie is just like they were filming stuff for real and they're collapsing buses and then animating on top of that so i think that's kind of goes back to these early early stuff what he was doing which was just the think, very early cgi for, for bad boys 2 they did that as well they filmed yeah. Uh, you know the, the the car that are crashing on the freeway actually they are crashing for real and they yeah. made a, a fake a CGI Ferrari that drives uh in between the crashed right. cars when actually today you would say okay it it will cost less to drive with a real Ferrari in the middle and of then, a, yeah, a flip it. you know empty road and and then you just add cr crashing cars they did the opposite and because your eyes are caught by the crashing cars Mm -hmm. and not by the Ferrari driving so it works wonderful and I think that's the way you have to to think about how to use CGI to make them actually work and not uh, catch your eyes and 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 wonder well that that's not true yeah yeah this movie would never yeah it would never be made in the same way today you would never have the like I think Michael Bay on the, that commentary was talking about how they were pretty much destroying San Francisco with that what they like and they're like yeah I don't know how we got away with that like I think they were pretty like pissed off at us like we were because they were exploding you know those power lines and stuff and like we, I remember he's like I think he talked about like the, the blast like kind of dust on some people's homes like the, like just like the but they had to go back and clean it up but 
it's a yeah I mean it's just pure practical action filmmaking at its best and I think that's what we all fell in love with and 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 uh and yeah and I hope everyone does enjoy the the score I hope everyone if, if you're a fan of it I hope you could rediscover it if you're new to it I hope you takes you back to that time and hope you go discover some other, you know, great power anthem scores from the nineties and, and uh, from not just Hans, but Nick and Carrie, but all these other great composers that were working in that time too. And it's, uh, and uh, I'm, it's very satisfying to have that out in the world and doing the liner notes, you know, with our last two releases, we did just full interviews, um, you know, with Gore and Hans. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of just letting the composers speak, but you know, Hans and Nick were on tour uh, it was very hard to pin them down. <laughs> to, also, this was such a fever dream for them. You know, it, the, the memories, you know, in their elder years are a bit like, what happened? What the, what does that? But we were able to get a lot of great details and Harry helped us, I think, piece together the, um, you know, the the chronological things of, of how things happened. And and I just want to yeah, thank Nick and Hans and Harry for for their help and and making this happen and, yeah and, uh, yeah i mean yeah that, that if there's one thing i want to add is uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna thank hans and nick for the trust basically because yeah honestly doing that album they they, they i mean they let us do whatever we wanted we we had carte blanche yeah. you know they were like okay we trust you the, we don't, got don't screw it up of course the, so. no notes yeah there was no notes <laughs> there was never like this is wrong like it, yeah. they were they saw everything everything was sent to them and never was like hold up you know, Nick, Nick made sure the notes were correct. Like he didn't change my notes, but he was like, he made sure the facts were correct. And I, you know, I appreciate him taking that time to, to help during, you know, between hotel rooms, you know, between cities, you know, he was so busy and we're on the different sides of the world. And it was, uh, yeah, we couldn't have done it without them. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and big thanks to Roger Feigelson and Douglas yeah. Fake at Intrada because basically they came to us and they didn't know us. So, they had absolutely like no reason to trust us and right. because i mean they, they work with outside producers and 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 mastering engineers and stuff so and and douglas does does them sometimes himself but uh for that score they were like i was like okay let us show you what we can do if if, if it's shit if it's terrible you you, you can tell us and we're gonna yeah. change completely but they were like i think they were happy with what we did and uh, and we had only positive feedback from them, and uh, so so that was cool, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we really just. I mean, you guys, you two specifically, got just pretty much. You know, no, no, nothing. There's like, let us know when it's done, and we'll get them everything approved. And I want to, yeah. Entrada was amazing with that. Entrada and just you know, Frank also helping with the editing of of the whole liner notes, and you know, the whole team with the layout and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, they really supported us, and and I'm glad we were able to do this with them. I, it was a fantastic, fun collaboration for sure. <laughs> yeah, Kate, it's very. I love the the, the visuals in the book. Yeah, the liner notes yeah, Kai, because yeah. they are they are absolutely yeah, to the spirit of the film. You know, the visuals, the all the different elements. I loved it because it felt like it was. You know, sometimes when you want to be a bit modern too much, yeah, you lose the spirit of the original. The, the original. Yeah, I mean, this is of the project, and it's it, it uh, one like person part of yeah. If you hold up your original album and you hold up ours, I know a lot of people might go, oh, you just reused the same cover, but it's like, this cover is so perfect. You can't do a better, yeah. you, know, you can't <laughs> yeah, do but... it better. Like this is the iconic three of them here, that red kind of color palette, the red orange, and then the, that font, which of course, oh, I forgot to mention, we, I didn't realize that. I think both Stefan and I realized that I was using the font or someone was using the font from like the Criterion or it was like, oh, this is different than what the actual, we're like, we're just discovering all these details like that we never realized. Like, <laughs> But yeah, to, to keep that, I think it's it's a beautiful album and, and Trotter did such a wonderful job uh, in helping produce it. So, <laughs> but yeah, any other final, I think we've covered almost everything. Is there anything left uh, that you guys want to mention? Anything? Yeah, no, I think, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we yeah we're good. I think we covered it. Well, everybody, if uh, thank you if you've listened through all of this just to hear us nerd out uh, over our love for the rock. I appreciate you for for sticking with us and uh, and yeah, if you haven't grabbed it yet, please grab a copy and enjoy it and let us know what you think. You know, we, we're always interested. You know, we're not on all the forums and stuff, but we see what you guys are posting. You know, we'll, we'll go take a look. <laughs> if you have complaints, we don't care about them. But no. <laughs> And uh, we'll, we'll we'll dive in and see what we can do next. We're, we're, we'll see, you know. And, and-
and it's been great working with Hans on these past few releases and now we have Max here and working on this one and it's been such a such a dream especially to work with you guys I mean you guys I've known you guys for, for so long and it's just been it was just so much fun to, to do it so thanks.